competing at a combined weight of 405 pounds. They are the reigning, defending, undisputed racing dudes, triple crown champions of the world, the magic. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Magic Mike Show, episode 449. Magic here with you. Mike Salovich is on his way back from Las Vegas. So filling in today is the boss, Aaron Halterman of the Racing Dudes, the corporate entity himself. Mr. Halterman, how you doing, buddy? The boss was cool. Corporate entity, I don't know about. I don't like that one quite as well. I'm doing good, though. Happy to be in here for Mr. Samich, who's heading back from the NAC. And it's it's got to be weird for him because... He's used to doing really well, and, and he didn't have any luck this year, man. I, I kept watching it, and I'm like, where's this big Samich run? It never came this year. It was kind of like uh, that one time looking at Lee never showed up with the rally. You're like, okay, like they're at the quarter pole. He should be moving, right? Like he's going, no, okay. Maybe there was like this was like the time that Claire Rivera hit her head uh, out of the gate and just was never ne- never involved in the race last year. That, this was Mike Samich. Yeah, he actually, although that's not true, he – you guys kept telling him bad advice. You said, get on the board day one. That'll do good for you. It didn't do good for him this year. And it, it, it ended up, that's all he did was get on the board day one. Yeah, he flip-flopped it. He did really well day one. He was right there. He had a great shot of qualifying into the, the final day. And if you don't know, only 78 out of 780-some people get to go to that final day on uh, Sunday. And uh, he was right there with a, with a good shot. And then, yeah, didn't make any kind of move. Uh, on Saturday, Dr. Tang, another you know uh, avid listener of the show and fan of the ra- uh, racing dudes, friend of the racing dudes. Gosh, he's a dollar away from getting to Sunday, and so that was that was uh, sickening because he was right there with a big time shot. Well, and he actually he was qualified. I think with three races left, he was in it. He was in the hunt, and then he just they, they kind of just slipped away from him. There, other people came up uh, and got him. He needed what he needed the the favorite to hit the board, so hit top two. In a race at San Diego that had four horses, and he just got fourth. Like it was just one of those days for him. So, uh, yeah, he was so close. It just—it's it, terrible that that's how it happened too. It was playing chalk, which he never does, and then it, yeah, it backfired on him. Yeah, it's really sickening. I I, I felt terrible for him. You know, uh, I would rather lose how Samich did, where you you didn't really. It's like, hey, I didn't really have a shot. It's not really heartbreaking. Or <laughs> Doctor Tang, it's like, oh god. He'll be thinking about that one all until next year, I bet. But listen, he was there. It, it's an honor to be there, and uh, he he did you know he did really really well. So give him a lot of credit. The drinks go down a lot smoother when you just never had a shot in hell the whole right. weekend. Yeah, <laughs> I would imagine. I don't know. I mean, I would imagine uh, uh, Doctor Tang didn't get a lot of sleep Saturday night, and Zombich <laughs> probably passed out, so it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he probably had a good Russian uh, spy novel to get him to to sleep that night too. So Absolutely, that worked out. Yes, of course. Uh, Want to get a quick shout out, Nick Feldman in the chat. Nick was the guest host last Thursday on the Magic Mike Show, and it was great to have you on, Nick, because you and I both hit the pick five at Tampa Bay Downs. It ended up pretty chalky for the most part, but uh, we got the job done. Uh, I'm able. I was able. I'm glad I was able to talk you onto the Grand Motion Horse, the one, the Florida Oaks. That was a good, uh, good addition for you there. But um, yeah, we both cashed it for low. I mean, it didn't pay out that much, Aaron. But my ticket ended up being twenty dollars after scratches for fifty cents. So when you can still get uh, almost a thousand percent ROI off of your ticket, I mean, that's pretty good. I know Nick had a lot of pressed opinions. Uh, lots of rolling pick threes there in, at the end, too, that was really turning profitable for him. So before we talk about the Tampa Bay Derby, overall, your thoughts just on the Tampa card on Saturday? 
Oh, I thought it was great. You guys did an excellent job. And listen, it paid $184, but you didn't play a $100 ticket. You played a $20 pick ticket. So that's fantastic. Uh, don't let anybody tell you it's not. That's great. No, no problems there. Uh, and yeah, Nick, uh, a great job. First time on the Magic Mike show. He, he calls it perfectly. He gets the job done. And like you said, his strongest opinions were coming in. And if you saw his Twitter feed on Saturday, He's nailing them. He's nailing straight, uh, you know, pick threes and, and playing them for, uh, for for multiples there. So he did a great job. Shout out to Nick. Awesome job. And, yeah, I mean, uh, both Magic Mike hosts hit the pick five. That doesn't ever happen. So <laughs> not, not at the same time anyway. No, and, and really, honestly, it doesn't happen that often. <laughs> anyway, we uh, I know we get, we get some shit for it. I will say, in our defense, we don't ever pick the sequence that we're like, we're going to hit this one because we're pr- very confident – that this is an easy one. We picked the most popular one. We think it's fun to get the most people involved in the community and, and with the show. We try to pick winners. It just doesn't always happen uh, that way. And real quick, too, but also before we get into it, um, Michael Myers says we need a Racing Dudes March Madness bracket contest. There is one. There is officially one. It's on the Racing Dudes Twitter. Michael, I'm going to tag you in the uh, in the tweet right now. Uh, mm-hmm. But make sure you go, uh, you check that one out if you haven't. Uh, Aaron, how many people, do we get many signups yet? I know it's early. Uh, the last time I checked, we had uh, about 31 or 32 already here. And yeah, go to the go to our uh, Twitter and you'll see the link. It's free to join and the winner gets a Racing Dude swag bag. Last year, we had 109 entries. It was a ton of fun. Uh, all of us guys will be in there and gals will be in there as well. So uh, it's a good time. Also, right after the show uh, at 6.30 Eastern time, Papa Dude and I will go through game by game of that NCAA tournament bracket as well. So we have a little bit of coverage coming up, and then yeah, if you want to get involved, it's a ton of fun. Uh, and yeah, like I said, it's on the link is on our Twitter feed right now. I'll go ahead and uh, I'm going to pin it up there as well so that you guys can uh, awesome. access it. I know it's been a lot of fun to do this in the past, and uh, the winner receives a racing dude swag bag. So there is actually more than just bragging rights on the line yep. uh, for this sort of thing. All right, buddy, uh, you ready to get into the card or the Tampa Bay Derby and talk some Derby updates here? I cannot wait. <laughs> It'll be a short show. There wasn't that much action, but we've got uh, a lot of Tappet Trice talk. Let's get into it. Riders up. the uh, advice uh, shot there's always someone says i know nothing about basketball that's fine you don't really need to know that much about it to win these these things anyways dennis says uh yeah take the take the meanest mascot there you go yep exactly and like i said i finished i think 96th last year and i follow it every day so it's a it's its own animal i try a different uh, a different approach each year none of them work one of these times i'll figure figure things out all right here we go tampa bay derby the only derby prep uh last weekend and we won't get one this coming weekend either so a lot to focus on tap it trice gets the job done um it was very surprising to me aaron watching this he is just so look at it he's already slow out of the gate we've got to just rush him push him to get involved and it seems like Saez, i think almost the entire stretch of the at least for the first mile here was really working on this horse yeah, and it, he kind of did the same thing last time. If you go back and watch that replay, they really have to scrub this horse along to get him to do much. Uh, he broke 
like a wow slow. I mean, it was pretty bad. Uh, but you can see he kind of picks up his feed here to get back within range. And he's in a decent spot after the break from here. Uh, but but you're going to notice it. You just watch this again and again and again. I've watched it 100 times. Zion's <laughs> hands never quit moving. They just keep going and going. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's working pretty good down the back. He is responding to it. So there is at least that. Uh, but it's frustrating with a horse like this because you can see how much tail he has. And then when he gets into the uh, gets to the top of the stretch, man, size his arms. And I'm getting tired watching him. When the horse gets to the top of the stretch and he gets that kick, it's like, okay, like he's definitely got the talent. But, man, he just he doesn't have it put together yet. And, and it feels like come Kentucky Derby time, it's going to really be to his detriment. Yeah, and you see him like around this turn. He's like, come on, big boy, get going, get going. And look at him. He's just kind of – just kind of waiting, just kind of lollygagging around a little bit. And uh, at this point in the race, I'm like, I don't know if he's going to get there. Uh, you know, he's still got a lot of work to do. And they've asked and asked and asked. It almost looks like this horse is going to pass him, you know, up to his inside or, or stay ahead of him. And then, boom, right here, right it's there. like, oh, this is what I need to do. Lean against that horse a little bit, and I'll just go pass him now. No problem. Look at the, the stride. That's a huge stride on that horse. He's not tired. You know that. I mean, he gallops out way ahead of everybody else. He just simply doesn't have it all figured out yet. Uh, Nick Feldman brings up a great point, too. There's only one jockey that can really get tapped at Trice. I wouldn't say specifically one, but there's very, very few jockeys who can get him home with a ride like that. I agree Nick Size is the best at riding a horse for eight straight furlongs. Um, let's talk about if Size has got a choice, and this is something that you brought up on our live show, Aaron. Uh, what do you do if you're Louis Saez? Because you've got Tappet Trice, you've got uh, Instant Coffee, you have Angel of Empire, theoretically, although Louisiana Derby, he's going to probably face Instant Coffee. Do you stick with Instant Coffee if you are Louis Saez? I think that's where he's probably going to end up. But the beautiful part about it is, and you said it on the live show, they're going to be separate, uh, a lot of these horses. So he will get one more prep on most of these horses, well, on all of them, and then he'll be able to make the decision after that. It's a decision he doesn't have to make right now. Uh, yeah, the Angel of Empire situation is is going to be weird. I've heard the bluegrass maybe for him now too, or it could be Louisiana Derby, one of the two. So maybe he does have to make a decision. I mean, I think instant coffee for the Louisiana Derby is, is a definite Pass that, we'll see. I know Luis Saez really loves this horse, uh, and uh, he he skipped riding Secret Oath, who, by the way, won the Azari. He skipped riding Secret Oath to come over here and ride uh, uh, Tappet Trice because he has, as Lucas said, uh, Luis Saez told him, I've got a potential very nice horse that I think is a big-time derby contender. Well, he did win. It wasn't what everybody really wanted, I don't know. I shouldn't say that. Not everybody. It wasn't what some people wanted, but he won. He looked good. He moves forward off of this now. Uh, something that I think we were considering before and definitely after this race, Curtis Manlo brings up. He's going to finish, I don't know, fifth or sixth might be a little high for him, but outside the top four, but not terribly in the Kentucky Derby. Skip the Preakness. That's usually Todd Pletcher's mantra. He's going to be everybody's Belmont horse, and Tappet horses traditionally do extremely well. Uh, either sons or grandsons or even, uh, you know, through the dam side. Uh, if you've got tap in your bloodline here and you've got a great chance to win the Belmont Stakes, Taprit did it for Todd Pletcher, uh, what, six years ago? Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, it's it's that is what everybody's saying. He's going to be a Belmont horse, Belmont horse. Look out for the Belmont. I, I told Jared today, I said, the thing about it is, is you're worried about races that are three races away for this one. <laughs> yeah. He's going to run in the bluegrass. Everybody calm 
down. We're going to see him again. And then we can make a very good judgment. Because I told Jared, he was talking about Belmont. I said, Jared, what if they ride him hard out of the gate and he sits mid-pack in the bluegrass and still kicks on and wins? He might win the Derby if he can do something like that. He's a young horse. He, he has no idea what he's doing. If he starts to put this thing together mentally, forget about the Belmont. You know, we have one more race to see this horse. And, you know, whoever goes to the bluegrass will see what happens. Hell, maybe he's a play against in the bluegrass. I don't know. I, I'm not worried about the Kentucky Derby or the Belmont at this point because we get to see him again. You've got to think he took a lot away from this race. It was his first time against stakes horses. It was his first time going two turns. Let's see how he progresses out of this race. That's the good news. Everybody thinks it's the in-all be-all. It's not. We're going to see him in Lexington. He's going to be against better horses. We'll see what he can do against them. Uh, there's some talk about the uh, about his break and um, I know how, how he's a little slow this time. Kentucky Derby. Let's play devil's advocate. If he breaks slowly in the Kentucky Derby, he's not going to be part of that giant wall that just collapses in on itself and screws about 15 horses up. If he's behind all of that, size is going to, you know, around him. So bad break in the Derby, not the worst thing, maybe? I mean, it just depends on where you're at, out of the gate and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah I mean, you think about the Derby last year. You know, Rich Strike was able to win from last. And you think about Mo Donegal, he came from way out of it. He got hung wide, but he still made up a lot of ground. And look, I, I don't think you're going to win breaking like he did, uh, you know, for the Kentucky Derby. But it is what it is, right? I mean, that's what he's done so far. He does have another prep. You know they're going to work on that. If we are sitting here saying it, you know they know it. He's going to have to get better out of the gate. But look, you're right. I would rather be last than like in that wall of like five, six horses going five, six wide. Uh, we got a breaking news here from the, from the chat. Jared Welch telling us to tap it. Trice overview video coming soon to the racing dudes, YouTube channel. So uh, make sure you check that out. Uh, Jared did a great video uh, last week too, that uh, got a lot of attention. Only three horses at this point could win the Kentucky Derby. And he said tap it. Trice was Kind of that third one. He said it was two and a half with Tappet Trice, depending on what he does here. Do you remove him from contender for the Kentucky Derby, or do you want to see a little bit more because he is going to have one more start here, Aaron? Oh, you just wait and see. I, I ranked him fourth this week, and I, I basically said, look, he won. We knew we wouldn't learn a whole lot about him in this race, even if he won, because the field wasn't very good. And we got one more race. He looks pretty talented. We'll see him one more time. You know, second time going long, a horse usually progresses, and that's what he's going to be in the bluegrass. And he's also getting more distance. I think a mile and an eighth, a mile and a quarter, a mile and a half, that's right up his alley. This was a mile and 16th. I still think that might be a little bit uh, a little bit short for him. So yeah. I, I just keep him in a holding pattern, fourth, fifth, sixth, wherever you got him. Just keep him right there in that slot, and we'll get that last judgment in the bluegrass. I mean, you look at him on the screen here, he looks fantastic. I mean, this horse has the look of a really, really good one. He's got to figure it out mentally. Look at him. He's standing there like, where am I right now? She's <laughs> looking at the screen right now. So, Hey, look, that what, horse does the happened? same thing I do. I do this and the horse does that. That's kind of funny. <laughs> That's right. He looks like magic out there on the track. <laughs> now we oh, figured God. out the problem. <laughs> yeah, if only I looked that good. Uh, uh, if only I looked that good. Uh, we had the Kentucky Derby future wager pool five this week. We also had the Oaks one. We'll talk about that, but let's go ahead and look at the Derby future pool. I know you're not a Derby future pool, future pool player, but the very first thing that caught my attention, Aaron, 
uh, Arabian Knight, he's off the trail. This is one reason why you don't play the pools. You specifically is this horse is nine to one. But if you put your money on him at any point before the news broke that he's off the trail, no refunds. I'm sorry. That's pretty disappointing that he's off the trail, though. It's it's bad. It's really bad. And that's yeah. why my future ragers are very, very tough and very, very frustrating for sure. And yeah, I mean, and also for like for Jared, even, you know, to having that, hey, here's three horses that can win the Kentucky Derby. And then one of them goes away like Arabian Night. I mean, that's 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 what's tough about March and April as we go in. And he's the first like huge defection, a horse that it's like, wow, uh, that's one we really thought might be something special. Here's the deal, though. I'm not completely shocked about it. Right after the Southwest, which was an amazing win for Arabian Night, Bob Baffert says, we'll have fun with this horse in the summer. Like what? Like you just won the Southwest. Like how about how about in the in the spring? <laughs> you might have some fun with him. But it always just kind of felt to me like this horse had some maturing to do. Maybe had a little bit of uh, physical problems. They also they space these races way out for him. And that's usually when when you can kind of tell a horse is talented. You usually don't space them like that. So I hate it if uh, you bet him. But what are you going to do? Shadi brings up a great question. Four months ago. If we're in the middle of December, would you have thought both Arabian Night and Arabian Lion by mid-March? Nope, they're done. They're not even. And one of them from injury, the other one just sucks. <laughs> like, we didn't see this coming. The other one I don't think could beat anybody. <laughs> so, I mean. He hasn't beaten anybody in a long yeah. time. He's finished last over and over. <laughs> even That's even more crazy. Would you think Arabian Lion has beat zero horses since that, that, that race at Keeneland that was I mean, lost, but still ran a really impressive race. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, oh, well, listen, Arabian Lion is not technically off the trail. He's with Yakteen, so maybe you'll see him in this last round. But I don't think he's going to beat anybody. He's terrible. Yeah, it's a shock that they're out. But, uh, you know, what are you going to do? That's it's that's the derby for you. And listen, Bob Baffert kind of gets his wish. I think everybody thought Arabian Knight, Cave Rock, that's the two big Baffert horses. Neither one of them uh, currently with Yakteen and neither one of them going to Kentucky. So let's talk about the horses that we do have here. Uh, uh, we'll go to Ron. This is a great question here in the chat from Ron with Arabian Night Out. Who's the best speed horse that's kind of left in the mix? Because the, the traditionally, let's forget the rich strike here. Traditionally, you need a horse that's going to be not necessarily setting the pace, but very close to it to win the Kentucky Derby. So who's the best one left, Aaron? Boy, is that not a good question? Um the Japan horse that comes over that to be named later, right? <laughs> like that's what happened last year. Uh, if you remember Ron, uh, the horses that came over from overseas set the pace and, and went crazy. And so <laughs> maybe it's that cyclone mischief set a pretty nice pace. The last time we saw him. Yeah. You got mage from Michael Myers. There's not a ton of speed though. Ron is the best way to kind of answer that right now. There is not a speed horse that really jumps off the page. Um, go rocket ride reincarnate you know if, if mm -hmm. reincarnate breaks better he's usually towards the front there really isn't a horse though that jumps out and be like oh this one is just a burner there's one that uh or is it nick brought up fantastic again that's a, it's a horse that might be interesting uh, a turfway park specialty for wesley ward uh skip the bataglia is supposed to be pointing to the jeff ruby stakes um, he is a kind of a gate to wire horse, but he also, Aaron, I don't know, breeding wise, if you would trust him at a mile and a quarter, uh, but the horse has looked good going gate to wire. We'll see what he can do in the Jeff Ruby stakes. Uh, Nick and I have talked about him a couple of times off air. So it's, he, I, I told him to stop bringing the horse up in the chat, but, uh, he's an interesting one to see. Um, and boy, it is really tough. Uh, Ron says that he's like, can go rocket ride. If he takes a step up, 
I there's no reason to think he shouldn't, right? Sanita Derby will be his third start, second time routing. You would the way he looked in the San Felipe Stakes, I would say um, not a bad not a bad horse to pick. Go rocket ride. The question or the problem with that is like you'd have to be justify level to be able to win the Derby without racing at age two. Um, do you consider that when you see a horse at Go Rocket Ride, or do you just say like it, every year is different? It doesn't really matter, and this this crop kind of is disappointing us. Well, I, I think there is a difference between you know Go Rocket Ride winning the Derby and Go Rocket Ride setting the pace, and so I think mm-hmm. that's where I would be at with that. Can he get out there and get the lead? It seems like yes. Can he hold it? That's a whole different thing. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really love him for the Derby, but he is a horse that I think has a lot of talent and, and could step up. And, you know, it was his first time going around a ground, his first time against winners uh, in that San Felipe. He performed very well. I mean, that was a very good 96 buyer, I believe he got for that race. So uh, you kind of pat him on the back. That's a pretty good good race. And when if a Jazzy was not in the San Felipe, and I think we saw a Jazzy might just kind of be a sprinter, Go Rocket Ride's on the lead, and he's by himself in that spot. So maybe he is the one to go out and set that pace. It was the special uh, California hayweed is how Justify won. What did they, I can't remember what they call it. Jimson weed. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah, Jimson weed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, justice for Bolt Diaro. You know what? Just, Bolt Diaro is getting his justice with his runners as they uh, as a sire right now. Um, Forte ends this at 3-1. to one. There's no shock there. Um He's been just like he's been number one on your derby ranking since December. He has been four day has been the number one derby choice uh, every single betting pool. And so now after we see him come back, win the Fountain of Youth stakes, no surprise there. Uh, Nick Feldman said he, he got Kings Barnes at 43 to one. I think that's some good value. We'll see what he uh, can do if, if Kings Barnes goes to the Louisiana Derby and Windsor is a top two runner in that. You've got to think Kings Barnes is going to be a lot shorter price than that uh, for the Kentucky Derby. Instant coffee at 19 to one. Seems about right. Practical move. People softened on him a little bit, even though he won the San Felipe last week and had that still the best buyer we've seen from a derby prep. He falls to 12 to 1. Tappet Trice took a lot of steam. 8 to 1 second choice. Uh, way too low, I think, on Tappet. Whether or not you think that there is uh, some question marks about the horse, uh, 8 to 1 at this point still seems too low to play him, Aaron. They just always jump on the horse that wins that weekend, you know, and that's why practical move. If this would have been last weekend, hell, he might be five to one, you know, but <laughs> it wasn't. And so it's, oh, t- tap a trice. We got to go with him now. And it's like, I got an 88 buyer and won the Tampa Bay Derby. And I mean, I know there's things to like about him, but he shouldn't be eight to one in March <laughs> to win the Kentucky Derby. I mean, that's just crazy. But listen, if he was 20 to one, you, you might get a little bit more interested in him because he certainly does kind of have the, the look of a horse that's improving. You know, Forte three to one. I said on the top five uh, that we did uh, this week, it's very odd that you have a your number one horse in November is still your number one horse in March. And there's just no reason to take him down right now from that number one spot. There, there's just not. I mean, and I get if you're a better right now and you're like, I just don't want to take three to one on him. And I'm not saying bet him in the future pool, but you take the odds out of the equation. This horse, he just stands out amongst the rest of them. And the big difference between him and Practical Move is Practical Move was great, you know, in that last race. But we've seen one great race from him. We've seen multiple great races from Forte. And that's the difference right now. That's why those last preps are going to be really, really important, though. Can Practical Move do it again? Uh, as far as value goes, uh, you know, instant coffee at 19 to one, I think might be uh, the way I would go. Just be, you've got him ranked third. I think that's the correct spot right now for instant coffee in the Derby rankings. And he hasn't done anything wrong. He just 
there's nothing super flashy that he's done. But if he, you know, say he gets that for Louisiana Derby, you know, he's been pointing to this since the LeCompte. You would think Brad Cox would have him perfectly primed for that effort. So maybe instant coffee at 19 to one. But otherwise here, yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of horses that you're, you're kind of taking a shot, taking a flyer 30 to one on go rocket ride. Not too surprising. There was a horse here. Where is he? Mandarin Hero, which I know you heard about this, but uh, a Japanese horse that they're actually going to bring him to America first. He's going to run the Santa Anita Derby. Um, so we get to see a pace meltdown in the Santa Anita Derby before we go to Kentucky for that. So an interesting move there. Uh, you also saw, saw Cairo from Aiden O'Brien, um, you know, 75 to 1. Nobody really taking any action on there. Uh, any final thoughts on this one? I know that your top five is up at racingdudes.com and youtube.com slash racing dudes. I'm sorry, top 20 is on the channel so, or on the site. So you can get that. And yeah. then the top five video uh, is over on the channel. Is I mean, there's nobody missing from this list that you can really think of that's eligible, is there? No, no, not at all. I think I think somebody on this list is going to be the one that wins it. Um, you mentioned instant coffee, probably the most boring horse that just keeps winning out there, right? Like <laughs> Seems like everybody goes, yeah, oh yeah, instant coffee. He's whatever. He's gonna be there. It's like, well, he's he's grand well two times in a row, but he's just not a visually impressive horse. We'll see him go to mile and three sixteenth. That that prep is gonna be a big one uh, as we see some of these horses kind of stretch out. Uh, one horse a lot of people are mentioning in the chat that did take some money. It's it's verifying uh, fifty to one and and bet down to thirty six to one. He definitely is a let's see what happens type of horse. Let's see what he does next. I don't really have any interest in playing him at 36 to one to win the Kentucky Derby. But, you know, I, I do think he could move forward. Um, he ran such a weird race in the Rebel, and the Rebel was such a shitty track that day that kind of just makes you want to draw a line through all of them. And I don't know if you could take take much from what we saw there until we see that uh, those horses run back again. Nick's harping on the Fantastic Eight. Listen, Nick, if you wanted to bet Fantastic again, you got him at 10 to 1. It's all other three-year-olds. That's where you can get your Fantastic again uh, betting in there. Michael Myers played an Exactus straight. I always forget you can do Exactus here, too. Uh, a Forte over Go Rocket Ride and Reincarnate Exactus. You know what? That's not a bad Exactus. And I think if you get it now, you're going to get a lot better odds than, say, you will Derby Day on those horses if they all show up. Mm -hmm. um, Aaron, we also did have the Kentucky Oaks, uh, the only future wager pool for this one uh wet paint just like she did on the track she rallied from behind she comes up ends up closing as a four to one favorite over wonder wheel who's your philly to seven to one third choice really this is a mess it felt like there were a lot of filler names on this list of horses that maybe they might try dirt or go that way at some point um kentucky oaks i know you just had the video come out yesterday for your top five you have pretty mischievous ranked on top she was 15 to one are those good odds if you wanted to play her in the futures yeah, I actually think those are very good odds because I don't think you're getting 15 to 1 on her or close to it on uh, a Kentucky Oaks Day. I don't know. Explain to me why she's 15 to 1 and some of these other ones are are lower. I, that doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, she's looked awfully good in, in both the recent starts, including last time out in the Rachel Alexander. Everybody thought that was a pretty good race. She won that pretty easy, Magic. So I don't know why she's 15 to 1. First, you know, who's your Philly at seven to one who couldn't have looked any worse last time out? I know she's probably going to move forward off that, but I mean, give me a break. Seven to one. I don't know how you take that as of right now. Um, so I, I think pretty mischievous is, is is fine at 15 to one. Wet paint is the favorite. Look, I love wet paint. I've played her both times. I think the only worry, what is she going to do on a dry track? We haven't seen her on a dry mm -hmm. track. She, and she's been on nasty wet tracks two races in a row 
boy, last time out too, uh, in the uh, honeybee, I didn't know if she was ever going to get there. She, it took a crafty ride. It took her saving a lot of ground. Uh, she may win those. I don't want to touch her at four to one, especially what if she doesn't run well on a dry track next time out, then she might be 10 to one on Oaks day. Yeah, I completely agree with you. We got done watching that race. And we're like, she's good. She can be beat. She can definitely be beat. And that kind of a running style um, is going to get you hurt in a big 14-horse field on Kentucky Oaks Day. So uh, Flavian Pratt also, after the honeybee, had, had said that, dude, I didn't know if we were going to get there. I didn't know what was on the back stretch. I was like, I don't know. We'll see what happened. Not, not what you want to hear on the horses, 4-1. Uh, yeah. From the chat, some names that are popping up. Nick likes Botanical. We'll talk about her yeah. in a second. Who's your Philly? That's Mike Samich's top pick. He still wants to give her another chance. I don't, I don't hate that argument there. Um, Nick also wants to give Red Carpet Ready one more chance. Forty-six to one. If if it turns out that she just needs lone speed and she can get that in Kentucky Oaks Day, it's going to make her very, very dangerous in that spot. I just don't know if we get that. Uh, he also likes Bandita. That's the Todd Pletcher one-start debut winner uh, that I like as well. Though time's a ticking, Todd. We got to get her back into a stakes race soon to see if she can actually handle that um let's talk about botanical brad cox horse that has uh done per nothing wrong at turfway park i think three for three there um she also had two races on turf that were both especially the, the maiden win was very strong but she's never touched dirt and it seems like she's going to stay at turfway park for the final oaks prep and then we have to find out on kentucky oaks day can she handle it uh, breeding says maybe but it, it's hard to say with a horse like botanical do you when you see her run is there any indication that she could handle the dirt well, our pedigree says she should be able to handle it, but why have we never been on it is the thing, you know, and that's that's what's scary about it. Not only that, she's only won on synthetic. She didn't win on the turf either. Oh, so that makes me very worried. Now, she has – you couldn't ask a horse to look any better than she has in these three races. So if you've backed her, I get it. She has looked fantastic. <laughs> her last race was extra fantastic at Turfway. I think she's really, really good. I have trouble with these kind of horses. These are the ones that really make you mad one way or the other. If you back her in the oaks and she doesn't take to the dirt, you just you just go, why did I do that? And if you leave her off, even though you've really liked her races, and then she does take to the dirt and wins, you go, God, I bet this horse like five times in a row, and then I didn't do it <laughs> on the biggest day, yeah. even though I've cashed tickets on her. So. She's such a wild card, but I, I can't sit here and say anything bad about what she's done this year. She's been fantastic. Uh, Heroes MS, she brings up Money's Goal. That was that unbelievable debut winner at two for Todd Pletcher. Yep. Uh, we raced very sparingly, has a ton of talent, but at 24 to 1 in a future pool, you know, almost two months out from the race, Aaron, with it's hard to have any confidence. I guess 24 to 1 is good value if she's going to be single digits if she makes the races, but that's a big question if money's gold can make it to the Oaks. Yeah, no, it absolutely is a big time question mark. We'll see what happens with her. Um, Pletcher, you know, you talked about the other horse, uh, the Bandita. Gosh, guys, these two horses look really, really good, but we just haven't seen them enough. And that's the problem. We got to get them in a stakes race and we got to see if they can get there. And so that's what you're, you're betting on in these future wagers. When you're taking flyers on the horses like that, and I don't necessarily hate it. You're getting big enough prices at least to, to kind of play it lightly, but you're banking on them. They got to get there too. You know, that's why some of these other ones are a little bit lower because you know, they're going to be there already. I think Curtis is trying to tell us that DeRosa is big on botanical. So, uh, Hey, maybe that'll, uh, there's some handicapping info for you. Ed DeRosa loves botanical mm -hmm. in the Kentucky Oaks here. 
Um, all right. Oh, there's the last one. Didn't mean to bring that up. Uh, Nick Lekin, who's your Philly as well. All right. Uh, pretty much is still your top pick right now for the Oaks. Yeah, I'll take her as of right now going in the last round of preps. I, I put a disclaimer on the top five Oaks saying this could really change. This seems really kind of just, uh, up in the air at this point. They've kind of traded wins at some places, so we'll see. And the the to Nick's point on Hoosier Philly saying she could be the value, if you think about it, yeah, because she's seven to one. But if she wins and if she bounces back and looks how we kind of think she might or kind of think she did as a two year old, you're not getting seven to one on her on on Oaks Day. The flip side of that is if she loses again, you might get twelve to one on her. So that's the risk you take if you still believe in her. Now might be the time to better. Totally forgot about Julia Shining. Malathat's baby sister, Malathat, won the race two years ago. I, Julia Shining, to me, just seems like she's a little too slow. She's a little too much of a plotter at the back. I wish she was 30 to 1 because that's what she deserves to be based on her performances and her races. But because of who she is, she's getting bet. And that's a problem when you're talking about future wagers, right? I understand why she is that price because of her flashy pedigree and everybody you know, loves her. I don't want any part of her at the, that price currently. She just hasn't, what has she done on the track to be 14 to one right now to win the Oaks? Yeah. Nothing, nothing at age three. That's been uh, very impressive. And even her wins that low buyers, low speed figures, slow times, just hasn't, hasn't given us that mouth, that pop where we're like, man, she just like, she's just an energizer bunny. She just keeps coming and mm-hmm. coming and coming on that one. All right, that's it for the Derby Noakes talk. Uh, we can wrap things up here. Thanks for joining me, Aaron. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy Monday to uh, to join me for this update here. Uh, it's going to be slow for this next week because we don't have any preps this weekend. We really don't have much of it. Oakland takes center stage with the Essex, Essex Handicap and the Whitmore Stakes. But otherwise, it's March Madness time. And I know you and Papa Dude are going to talk about that here in just about an hour. Yeah, that's right. We're now 54 minutes away from March Madness. Papa Dude and I will go over the brackets on the Dudes You Bet Sports Show. So, yeah, we'll be right back on this channel here. It's going to be a lot of fun going over that. I know Papa Dude is raring and ready to go. He's very excited about March Madness, of course. Uh, if you follow us, you know, absolutely. Uh, he College basketball is kind of his specialty. So, He's set and ready for that. Uh, make sure to join the bracket pool. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's all I got. This was fun. I'm glad we uh, we were able to do it, and and uh, you know, best wishes to Mike Samich traveling back from Vegas, and and Dr. Tang and everybody else who was there. By the way, I cannot remember the gentleman's name who won. I think it was Paul, but uh, he got first. He also got sixth. He had two entries, and he got top six, uh, eight hundred thousand dollar prize for first, hundred six thousand dollars for finishing sixth. So he just got a little like extra little kiss on the ass on his way out of Vegas. Not not too bad. Yeah, not bad at all. Yeah, he had quite a day, and. Uh... Yeah, those all those guys that finished the top ten. Congratulations to them. I we didn't really know any of them, but uh, yeah, great, great, great job uh, getting getting it home there at the NHC. That's uh, got to be thrilling when you get down to that final ten. And no, I got a shot at a huge amount of money, but I still made a lot, even if we get tenth here. First and uh, first and fourth. Thank you. I, I forgot about the. I thought it was six, but you're right, Nick. You got up to fourth. That is uh, absolutely incredible. So. Uh, to even make it with one entry on the final day, makes it for both and then does that. So uh, that's, that's great. Uh, the chat's having someone in the chat's having a little fun with their caps lock here. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's get out of here. Oh, one more, one more last thing to plug you, sir, hit a 42 to one shot top pick at turf paradise. And you had the cold exacta. That yeah. was, it was a 15 to one morning line over, I think a five to one or something like that. 
42 to one over nine to one at Turf Paradise in the finale. There's a video coming out uh, after this show at uh, about half an hour where you explain in detail, but just kind of give the folks an overview and sell it a little bit. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Turf Paradise, the eighth race on Sunday, and the horse come, came from like the clouds, basically. Like I kind of thought he would or she would. I mean, you see the race set up and you knew that was going to happen. And so kind of cuts the corner. Glenn Corbett, uh, a jockey that uh, has rode horses for me, actually, when I was an owner. So uh, he cuts the corner. Uh, with her and, and she gets up into about fifth and i'm like "Ooh, this 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 horse is really running here and uh, boy she turns it on and just right at the wire she go ahead and she ca catches the nine who was nine to one so yeah nice 42 to one over nine to one exact i kind of explain how we got there the biggest thing was is i i didn't really like the favorites in that race and i thought closers would have a pretty good shot to get the job done i thought there was enough speed uh, that the closers it could set up for them and it worked out, you know, uh, horse racing. It's all about trying to pick your spots and, and, and take shots where you think there's a chance. And that one ended up working out. Uh, lots of people saying, yeah, great show. Uh, yeah, it was uh, awesome that it was just, it was the free pick for racingnews.com. You go to free picks. The top pick ends up being the source who did it. And we heard from a lot of people uh, on Twitter and via email that they were hitting it. That's awesome. We love to hear that we're helping people make some money. Hopefully we made you some money last week on the Magic Mike show. Uh, if not, uh, we'll tune back in. We'll, we're going to do Goldstream Park. Mike Samich will be back on Thursday uh, at our normal time, normal date. And, of course, we'll have uh, Due to Bet Daily every Wednesday through Sunday with best bets from around the horse racing and sports world. We missed Mike last week. He was uh, he was too busy in Vegas doing bigger shows than ours on YouTube. So uh, he was busy giving out winners as well. But we'll have him back. We'll have you and Papa Dude as well. And, again, uh, Due to Bet Daily is coming. I'm sorry, Due to Bet Sports previewing the entire March Madness NCAA Tournament We'll be here at 3.30 Pacific, 5.30 Central, so make sure you tune into that one or catch the replay. Thanks so much again for everybody for joining us. For Aaron Halterman, I'm Magic. For Mike Samich, good luck this week. We'll see you back here on the channel real soon. I can hit the right button to get out of here. You think I've done this before, Aaron? Sorry. The Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.